I've named this talk Reset. This, um, this talk is going to be homing in on us, and next week I'm looking at a reset and a bigger picture of the church worldwide and what I think is happening in 2019 and what the Lord is saying to me. But before we start, let me pray. It's always a good place to start. Just to say, I know it's a little chilly. However, the Lord is here. Just sort of group together. If there's any spaces, warm each other up. And if you feel like you just need to do some jumping in the middle, do feel free to do that. That's absolutely fine. Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we are so grateful that we can sing praise to you in such freedom, in such joy, in such grace that you are our God, and nothing and nothing can ever separate us from you. You are the giver of life, the giver of hope, and the giver of joy, and the giver of peace, and we adore you. You are our love of life. You are our lovers of our soul, Lord, and we give you thanks. Come this morning, Lord, and do what you do best, that you come bless us. Lord, for those who feel like your face is not shining upon them, let them feel your warmth. Let them feel your grace and their love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Always at this time of year, many of us might take a moment to reflect back. It's always good to reflect back. And look ahead into 2019 as it starts, and I know it started, to unfold before us. You have probably watched loads of best-ofs, which we have sport and weather and films over the last few weeks. Highlights of uh, 2018. But just before we go on, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you, especially the trustees that we have at this church. I'm not going to name them this morning, but behind the scenes, they beaver away, and they are an incredible help and a credible source of uh, beauty to Neil and I. And just wanted to say thank you to all of you who serve your socks off in Vineyard Kids, in house group leadership, in prayer groups, in serving, in coffee, welcoming people into the church, in doing the behind-the-scenes things like putting up all our um, lovely posters outside before we even get here, for doing coffee and tea, for organizing all of those things. We say a huge thank you to all of you in 2018. All the things that have gone on at the yard, for leading a wonderful house group at the yard, for you for leading and being serving at Job Club and Food Bank, to many on the outside of the church, That is an incredible witness of who Christ is. For what we say, we say a huge thank you. Can I have this water down here, James? Is that okay? I'm just suddenly got really thirsty. (laughs) Also, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you who've written to Neil and I this week on uh, the back of prayer week. The words 
the prophetic words have been amazing. And just to say, just because it's the end of prayer week doesn't mean they have to stop. Prayer is part of our daily life. So do feel free to keep writing to us. Keep, keep speaking to Neil and I about all you feel like the Lord is saying. It is so important. And we love it, don't we, darling? We love to hear what you've got to say, and especially what the Lord is saying. So thank you. Neil and I will be writing a blog about all, what, all the things that people have written into us this week, and um, that will go out probably this week. So how was your year last year? Were you one of the millions of, gathered, of people gathered around the television to watch the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle back in May? Did you enjoy that passionate, passionate sermon? I loved it. Of Bishop Michael Curie. Or maybe you experienced that roller coaster ride of watching England play the World Cup. Such hope, such heartbreak. Who could forget the dramatic scenes in Thailand when a boys' football team, bless them, sweethearts, were trapped deep inside a mountain? Or in California, whose residents experienced some of the most devastating wildfires on record resulting in hundreds of dead and thousands losing their homes. I'm sure you have all noticed it has been a hugely dramatic year in politics. Our Brexit is still not resolved. We've had a whole range of ministerial resignations, the Windrush scandal, and a whole host of other things. But on a positive note, you may not know this, or you may know this, we're all very glad that Toberone has gone back to its original shape. <laughs> a triangular chocolate with triangular trees, triangular honey with triangular bees. This is Nils' favorite, isn't it, Donnie? <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't yet to catch up, the, the sweet and the... The sweetheart Raul Mandel won the Great British Bake Off. Stacey Dooley won Strictly. And this image won Comedy Wildlife Picture of the Year. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. And this one, I think there's a few. But is that, there is no Photoshop on it. <laughs> And look at that. They're amazing. Nature is incredible. There's no Photoshop in that. That was not made. They're all natural pictures. You should go to the website and have a look. Some of you last year has had what the Queen once referred to as an Annus Horribilis year. There has been pain for you. Some of you, some of us have lost loved ones. Sorry. It always comes at you unexpectedly sometimes. I lost my cousin in 
very strange circumstances, very sad circumstances, just at the end of the year. So that's why I feel this quite quickly. Some have lost friends. Some will have lost a good job. You may have faced financial difficulties or done things you are ashamed of and regret. Others of you may have had a wonderful year. Some of you got engaged or started a new job or got married or started a family or have a new four-legged friend in your home. And some of you have started a relationship with Jesus. In that respect, it is the most important year so far. Whatever 2018 was like for you, a good question to ask ourselves is, as we review this year ahead, am I more like Jesus than I was a year ago? Am I more like Jesus than I was a year ago? That's really God's intention in the scriptures, that we become more like Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's put like this, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Paul puts it in another way in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 28 to 29. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. We know that, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In the message translation of the Bible, it puts it like this. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He knew. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. The Passion Translation says it like this. So we are convinced, convinced, that every detail of our lives, every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast families of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Transformed in the image of Jesus, conformed to the image of his son, to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son, to share the likeness of his son. As every year passes, God's intention 
God's desire, God's plan for us all is that we, we, you and me, would become the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That we would become more like Jesus. Whatever last year was, and whatever this year turns out to be, as Paul makes it clear in Romans 8, 28, God can use all of it for good. God can use all of it to grow us in our faith. You see, the life of a follower of Jesus is not a static thing. In any given moment, in any given season, our lives, we are heading in a direction. We are heading towards Christ, or are we heading away from him? So as we start the new year, I would like us to look at some things we could maybe put into place now. So at the end of 2019, whatever it may hold for us, we will be able to say, this year I have become more like Jesus. I came across an interesting little statement in the Gospel of Luke that gives some pointers as to the things we might want to focus on in the beginning of the new year. Over Christmas, of course, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And this scripture finds Jesus at the age of 12, a young, young guy, being in the temple, going about his father's business. Let's have a look at Luke 2, verse 47. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all the things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. The message translation puts it, verse 52, like this. And Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. Jesus matured. If I want to become more like Jesus, I need to mature. I need to grow. Here are four ways in which we are called to grow or mature to be more like Jesus. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor of the God, and in favor of the man. How can we grow in wisdom? Proverbs 4 verse 7. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom, it says. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. How do we get wisdom? Experience, whether it's good or bad. We go from our experiences, we learn from our mistakes. King David knew this. And here in Psalm 119, verse 98 to 99, he says, Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. And what he's referring to here is all the scripture, meditating on the word of God, 
reading it, ingesting it, digesting it. Paul says it to his young prodigy, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. From infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture is breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul is writing to this young leader of a huge church in Ephesus and modern-day Turkey. And of course, it applies to us. Never forget this book that we have, this, this word that is God-breathed and extremely, extremely useful. This book is extremely useful for teachings. So teach the scripture to those you are leading, those you are influencing, In fact, anyone who will listen to you, they'll thank you for it. These scriptures that we have are extremely useful for rebuking us. The amount of times I've read scripture and I feel like, oh oh gosh, yes, I feel rebuked. We read the scripture, we feel convicted, and that is God's beauty to us. He's a good God. He's a father God who wants us. He's not rebuking in anger. He's rebuking so we would live life to the full. You read something, you realize that it doesn't quite match up with your thoughts or your actions. And gently and graciously and lovingly and kindly, the Spirit of God nudges us and says, there's something we need to work on. It's useful for training in righteousness that we might be thoroughly equipped for the good works that God created in advance for us to do. It is really our yardstick, our plumb line, our gold standard, the thing we constantly must come back to. And so as we start this new year, Knowing this book, spending time in the scriptures, day in, day out. Like that song we've just sang, worship. We worship you. We worship you night and day, day and night. We worship the Lord. We delve into the scriptures day in, day out. It's going to make a whole lot of difference. Jesus grew in wisdom. As he studied the Old Testament as a boy and being trained as a rabbi, he would have known the whole books of the Bible by heart. This is one of the first major ways we're going to grow in wisdom this year. I know many of you read your Bible and you read it often. Others of you find it harder to do that. Why not set yourself a goal for this year just to increase the time you spend engaging with the Bible so that it's more than you did in 2018? You might decide on a set amount of time each day, each week. Or you might set a goal, one page per day. Apparently you could read the whole of the Old Testament and the New Testament in a year if you do one page a day. There are some fantastic resources. Not that I always use them, but I know other people do. There's the Bible app and your um, version with a Bible in a year. I'm always asking Kim and Sinead, what are you doing, how are you doing this? And they always tell me how they're up to things and looking into the Bible app. I mean, Kim Plummer is a huge resource in herself in all those things. If you prefer to be, to be read to instead of reading, which I love, I love listening to someone reading to me, you can, also, you can listen to our lovely David Sushi or on another... 
or a number of others on the Bible in the Year app. Whatever you do, whatever you do, just do something. It is so important. Part of growing in wisdom, part of growing up, part of maturing as a Christian, part of being able to stand what's going to come perhaps this year in 2019 is knowing who we are in God. And we only get that by reading the scriptures, knowing the word, pressing in, making time for it. I don't know where all the weeks are going sometimes. They just fly by one day at a time, just fly by. And before I know it, time has passed. We need to be intentional. If you've never really started to read the Bible, why not start the New Testament? And Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, that will give you a great grasp of the Christian faith. Another way to grow in wisdom is by gleaning the experience of others. Pick the brains of your small group leaders and members. And this is a great time to just say, small groups start this coming year, this week, I mean, this coming year, this coming week. Do, do connect, do come in, do find a place where you can grow in scriptures, grow in friendship, grow in connection. This is what we're about. We are a family together. Find out what they're reading, the people in your small group, enjoying Set yourself a goal to read a book a month. Increasing having a book to read is great. You can use Audible, listening to podcasts while driving, running, cooking, and all the time growing in wisdom. It's great. So this, this year, let's become more like Jesus by growing in wisdom. Jesus grew, number two, Jesus grew in stature, Luke 2, verse 52. Now, Obviously, the original text here, context, is describing Jesus as a boy, growing up physically in stature. But whatever our age, and now you know I'm just turned 50 last year, heading for 51, a good question to ask ourselves, are there ways we could grow in stature? Now I'm going to stand up straight. <laughs> Developing physically rather than regressing. Apparently, once we leave our teenage, teenage years, I say no to this, actually. The direction for most of us is pretty much downhill. As I understand it, our metabolic rate decreases, and the need to eat healthier, which I do think is correct, and take care of our bodies that we have been entrusted, it is so important to our well-being. Are we eating the right things? Are we getting enough exercise? I know that our very own... Oh, he's disappeared. Where is he? Our very own Josh Woolrich has an exceptional um, Instagram account on um, physical health. Is that right? No, on physical health. Is that what you call it? I know that's right. But is it physical... Pardon? Is it... <laughs> I've heard it is exceptional. Are there any goals that we might, that we can set this year that would help us develop physically? We could ask ourselves, are we taking the right amount of exercise to stay healthy? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating a healthy diet? Are we taking a Sabbath? Just a few questions to think about so that we can begin to make a plan that's attainable, goals that are reachable, goals that we can actually achieve. Maybe it's just walking to your local shops instead of driving or going to bed at 11 o'clock at least a few times during the week. 
making sure your schedule for a day off is protected, or limiting yourself to at least one donut per Sunday. <laughs> Am I going in the right direction physically, you could ask yourself. Am I growing in maturity? Am I growing in stature? Number three, Jesus grew in favor with God. What we're talking about here is spiritual growth. Growing in our relationship with God. This is a good time of year to ask ourselves, how is my relationship with God really? Do I know his favor? And one of the key ways to grow in our relationship with God is by spending time with him. Letting him speak to you, change you. Spending time with Jesus will be the most effective way of getting to the end of the year and looking more like Jesus. Some people will find a daily quiet time work. Some people find an irregular approach of spending larger chunks of time, but less often. Some people are able to talk to God throughout the day. 24-7 um, people... Um, posted on the Twitter feed a great idea this week. It was just at 12, set your alarm for 12 p.m. every day. And at that point, whatever you're doing, just say the Lord's Prayer. Give him a moment just to reset your day. It also reminds us that I'm not walking through the day alone and that I can turn to God at any time. There are all different ways to connect with God, which I know you know. But find out what works for you this year. Maybe it'd be different to last year. Maybe you need to just reset and completely do something different. The most important thing is, it is so important to spend time with God. Investing in that relationship. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, these basic things can really easily drift and slip. When was the last time you really spoke to God? It is not always easy, I know, but it is vital. In his book, Secrets of the Secret Place, by Bob Sorge, tells us this. Everybody gets bored. Everybody gets bored in the personal prayer life and Bible reading. Some days I'm so looking forward to spending time with the Lord only to sleep right through the entire time. Other times I seem to be awake enough, but there is not the wind of the Spirit blowing on this particular day for me. It doesn't matter what I read or how fervently I pray, this one seems destined to be a dud. Put it bluntly, prayer is boring and Bible reading is like eating, eating sawdust. This is what he writes. So all pretty refreshing and honest from one who has a great relationship with God, especially for those of us who have given up spending time with God because all too often there has been, that has been our experience. And Bob's counsel to us, what should we do when we are bored? Do it anyway. Persevere. Just do it. Why? Why, you may ask? He goes on, when we are stepping into the presence of God, 
we are exposing ourselves to eternally powerful forces. Everything within us changes. When we touch the radiating glory that emits from his face, Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. When we place ourselves in the sun of his countenance, the radiation of his glory does violence to those cancerous iniquities that we often feel helpless to fully overcome. Time in his presence is perhaps the most potent procedure to deal with the chronic sin issues that plague us. You don't know you are being exposed to radiation when it first happens. People who get sunburnt do not realize they have been exposed to ex excessive radiation until after the damage has been done. The effects of radiation are always delayed. The same is true of God's glory. When you spend time in his presence, your thought is that this is not accomplishing anything. However, if you believe the truth and devote yourself to time in his presence, the effects of spending time with him will manifest. You start thinking differently and you don't even know why. You start to have different passions and interests and you don't even know why. God is changing you on the inside in ways you can't cognitively analyze. And all you know is that sinful affections that once pulled at your soul no longer have their former power over you. The secret simply is this. Spend large amounts of time in the presence of God. Be intentional. Carve out time. Carve out family time. Sit at the foot of Jesus like Mary did. Be like the woman with the alabaster jar of oil. Pour it on Jesus. Sit at his feet. Talk with him. Listen to him. Hear his heartbeat. Stop and allow yourself that time. It's not about every occasion you spend with the Lord feeling like a great, it doesn't feel like a great spiritual experience. It's just about doing it. Every moment you spend in the secret place is an investment. And if you find yourself unable to conquer some area of sin, or you feel stagnant in your relationship with God, it's worth taking what Bob, Bob Sorge says seriously. Decide how many minutes you might want to spend a day, a week, and how you want to devote that time in spending time with God. Make yourself accountable to your small group leaders. Make a note to yourself. Habits take time to develop. And if you make something consistent enough, it becomes your new normal. It takes much less discipline to continue. So finally, Jesus grew in favor with man. The author, Maya Angelou, once said, people won't remember what you did but they will remember how you made them feel. Our relationships, our interactions with the others are really, really important. Jesus was such a dynamic person. The more he developed and grew, the more he invested himself in others, the more people loved him. 
He, of course, upset the religious leaders who were threatened by him. But most people he interacted with were blessed by knowing him, transformed by encountering him. How are your relationships as we begin this year? How might we grow this year in our relationship with others? How do people describe us? As being mean or selfish, harsh? Are we serving others and putting others first? Are we known for our generosity? Here's a thought that occurs to me. The fruit of the Spirit listed in, by Paul in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they all have an impact on our human relationships. We could each ask ourselves, am I loving Am I a joy to be around? Do I bring peace where I go, or do I create conflict? How patient am I? Am I kind? I don't know if any of you saw or followed Charlie Mackesy on Twitter. If you don't, you need to. He does the most beautiful paintings. Um, hands up who's seen them, uh, little cartoons. They are the most incredible things. They're like, a, like the Winnie the Pooh, but... Um, very sweet, and it's about a little boy and a horse. And I think one of them shows this little boy and a horse, and he says, oh, um, what do you, the horse says to the little boy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the boy says, kind. And it's very sweet, so do have a look. It's really poignant. He, he, his pictures are incredibly poignant. Do I have self-control? Now, the real growth of this fruit happens by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether or not we're creating the best conditions for the fruit to grow is mostly down to us. It's like what Neil mentioned last week. Back in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve said, not your will, not your will, but my will be done, and ate the fruit. That's the power of human choice. We all have it. We all know that choice is powerful. And it is by our choices given by God and established by our own free will that we can say yes to God or no to God. The fruit of the Spirit grows. As I sow to the Spirit, as I give Jesus my, more influence in my life, to use another picture, the sap rising in me and flowing through me, comes from the vine that comes from connection with him all of that connection increases the growth of fruit of the spirit all of that happens as we grow in wisdom as we spend time in God's word as we grow in his presence and grow in our relationships so how will we grow more like Jesus this year we do need to take deliberate steps or we are really unlikely to grow. So I would like you to consider joining me in setting some really simple goals for each of these areas of your life and then review them throughout the year, see where we get at, to at the end. God's intention for us all is that we grow in wisdom he wants us to grow in stature and health. 
He wants us to grow in our relationship with him. He wants us to grow in favor with men and women. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend in his word, the more time we spend in his presence, the better friend we will be. The better spouse, the better parent, the better employee, the better employer, the better we will be. He really wants, Jesus wants the best for us. He died on the cross so that we might have life to the full. We might have life to the full. Life to the full is spending time in his presence, spending time in his word, allowing him to move us, change us, challenge us, For some of us, perhaps, we are yet to commit our lives to Jesus. And here is an invitation this morning to do just that. As we turn into 2019, as we reset ourselves for this year, as we set the direction to which we are heading, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, we are seeking Jesus. In him, there is only life. In him, there is only beauty. In him, there's only goodness. In him, there's only strength. In him, there is true love. I know all of you turning into this year have different hopes and dreams. And I know all of you I'm sure, have different situations we do and circumstances that we're facing. So you are entering this year with trepidation. But I cannot tell you, I cannot stress enough. God wants us to grow this year investing in wisdom and in health and our relationships with God and others. And that will build a strong foundation, whatever this year holds for us. My prayer for each of you is that you will have a blessed 2019, that you will fill the Lord's face upon you, that you will Feel him leading you through difficulties, walking with you. That you will know him more than you do now at the end of this year. That you would be strengthened in your core because you've read the word day and night, night and day. And this time next year, we will all be able to stay together. I'm a lot more like Jesus than I was last year.